Oklahoma probably has some really good whiskey. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here for a bracket I am actually very excited to bring you as a theater kid. My inner child is singing, but because you just heard me sing, you know that my outer child should not. We are here to determine the best Broadway musical of all time. Let that sink in. Hundreds of years of Broadway history, a hundred years of Broadway history, and we have got it down to 64 of the best Broadway musicals of all time. We're going to crown a champion here at the end of this bracket, but we're going to start in the top left-hand corner of the bracket. We are in the field of 64 here in episode one, and let's start by meeting our panelists first, starting off to my left, my lovely wife, Leah. Leah, how you doing? What you drinking? Hey, everyone. I'm glad to be here. Uh, I'm just drinking water right now, but earlier today I had two glasses of pineapple margarita. Is that mm-hmm. what it was? That was? Pineapple margarita, and it was delightful. Um, then I almost passed out on the couch, um, and then an hour later I woke up and I was I was ready to go. So uh, I'm drinking some water right now, and I'm feeling great. Now, Leah is a little liquored up. We're going to see how that goes. <laughs> um, let's head on out. To Huntsville, Alabama. Nikki, how you doing? What you drinking? And how's school going? Oh, everything's going good. Glad to be back. I haven't been on here in a while. So, but yeah, I don't know. Um, We're actually recording this in the middle of real March. So I had March Madness, real March Madness last night. So I'm only drinking tea because I'm hungover (laughs) still. Um, (laughs) Because Duke had a rough game. I was nervous. I mean, they won, but I was nervous, so I drank quite a lot of Jack Daniels, so my liver thanks me for this green tea. That was a sloppy game, too. The first it was terrible. Was it, was a ter- it was a sloppy game. I mean, I'm I'm glad. All I wanted was the Sweet 16 for them, but, you know, I mean, hoping they go farther, but I can at least be happy they made it to the Sweet 16. So. Uh, if it's the Duke team I saw play this year, I think the Sweet 16 might be the tops for you, but... You know, hey. You lost to Florida State. That's not saying much after our year this yeah, year. Um, is Florida State in, no, in the had, tournament? So I'm had, just saying. We had four of our top five, four of our top six players get hurt this year. It's been a rough year in I Tallahassee. Know, it, it is. I'm not. Uh, it's been good. It's been a good tourney, though. I mean, there's been some good games. Been love, some snoozers, but there's been some good games. The multiple-time national championship Duke Blue Devil fan is rubbing it in the face of the three-time Sweet 16 FSU fan. <laughs> Oh, the the blue blood. You know I love FSU. I always root for them. They I always, know. you know, never do well, but <laughs> I always root for them. See? Zing. All right. We're heading out to Fort Worth, Texas. The newly betrothed, or betrothed? Nope, they're married now. Newly we were there. The newlyweds. Steven, my friend, how are you and what are you drinking? I'm doing fine. I can tell that I finally moved into spring because I had my first tornado warning today living out in Texas. That was fun. Fortunately, the sirens have stopped. I've got a Diet Coke. Everything is right with the world again. All right. Well, one of y'all, y'all are keeping it sober tonight. One of us has got to be the responsible adult here. (laughs) I have got myself a bottle. And this is probably the only, might be the only time tonight I can actually say this and have it mean something. I have got myself a bottle of 1776 American <laughs> whiskey. Uh, no, sorry, straight bourbon whiskey. I apologize. 100 proof. Uh, James E. Pepper, 1776. This is a really good bottle. It's not expensive. It's about $35. Um, it's If you like stronger whiskeys or stronger bourbons, 
Really strong up front, really mellow finish, though. It's kind of weird, but it's great. Anyway, here's how this uh, this bracket is going to go. You'll notice we don't have five panelists. We have three. Three panelists. Uh, the top vote getter is going to move on to the next round. It's pretty simple. Now, with that being said, because we only have three panelists, un in un unlike regular March Madness style, there's only three panelists. There's no buzzer beaters this game. Oh, boy. So get what you're going to say out in your uh, in your first gasp, and may the chips fall where they may. We are starting, Leah, you're the one that did this bracket. We are starting, if I'm not mistaken, in the pre-1970s region. Is that correct? Yeah, these are the old stuff. Start with the old stuff. We are starting with some old stuff. Hopefully we've got some good stuff. We're going to start with Leah. Leah, you're choosing between the number one seed in this bracket, Fiddler on the Roof, or the 16th seed of Damn Yankees. Okay, so I grew up on the movie version of Fiddler on the Roof, um, but I was actually lucky enough to see the Topol uh, farewell tour with my mom and grandma. And man, that guy still had moves. Um, Fiddler is just one of those shows that I have an attachment to because of my family and not so much for the actual story. But you know what? The songs are still super catchy. Uh, do I think it is the true one seat that the critics think it is? No, I don't. Um, but I do think it's more iconic than Damn Yankees, even though if I knew nothing about Broadway and I was given the two synopses of these two shows and I had to pick one, I'd probably pick Damn Yankees if it were today. Um, but because that's not the case, I know both of these shows, they've been around forever. Um Damn Yankees just is not as iconic and well-beloved as Fiddler on the Roof, so Fiddler is going to get my vote. And Fiddler picks up its first vote. Nikki? Yeah, I mean, Fiddler is a pretty strong one seed as far as musicals go. I mean, I like Damn Yankees. It's um, it's fun, but I, I, I struggle even remembering some of the songs. So, like, I just don't feel like it's as catchy musically. Um, Fiddler on the Roof... I just love them. I love that show. I love the music. Um, it's definitely long. It is either the movie or if you go see it on Broadway, it's like three hours long. But it's a very good show. So I have to give Fiddler my vote for this one. Fiddler's got a 2 nothing lead. Steven, do we have a sweep? Yeah, this one's probably closer than a one sixteen should be because Damn Yankees is actually a lot of fun. It's got a lot of catchy tunes. Uh, but it's just not a cohesive soundtrack. It's its biggest problem. It doesn't really fit together as a single unit, unlike Fiddler on the Roof, which is perfectly fine. All the songs are well integrated into it. Uh, it is, you know, the Beedie Beedie Bum song that we all know and all hum, even though we don't know most of the words, most of us. So Fiddler on the Roof gets in. And Fiddler has the sweep. It's moving on to the round of 32, and we are moving on. Nikki is going to kick us off in our 8-9 matchup. The 8-seed, Guys and Dolls. The 9-seed, The King and I. Yes, The King and I is 9-seed. Nikki, kick us off. <sighs> this one's actually pretty tough. I mean, they're kind of they're just very different shows. Um, I like the music in both. They both have, you know, a very memorable tune. Um... I always end up singing Getting to Know You. It's always in my head. I don't know why. Um, Story-wise, Guys and Dolls is just a little more fun. Um, Luck Be a Lady has a great female character of Adelaide. I think I have to go Guys and Dolls on this one. Ooh, Guys and Dolls picks up the first vote. Steven? Yeah, this one is super tough for me because subjectively... 
I, I, the King and I is just a bigger part of my life. I grew up with the King and I. I didn't really see Guys and Dolls until I was much older. Um, Guys and Dolls does have a lot of great songs in it. You know, I, I love Fueg for a Tin Horn, uh, Sit Down, You're Rocking the Boat. It's got a lot of good upbeat tunes to it. But I find that middle part of Guys and Dolls just super, super drags. Like, there's a point where it's just kind of... It's like almost just a standard rom-com that's not very interesting. The King and I also has a much worse ending. It just kind of ends when the King gets sick suddenly, and all of a sudden he's reformed. I, I, I don't really know what happened there. Well, I, I know what happened. It's years of colonialism rewriting Asian history that ultimately ended up in a bad ending for a musical. But <laughs> I think, honestly, um, if I was going to go, like I had a ticket on the same night to go see one of these, and I can only see one, I would probably go see The King and I, so that's going to get my vote. Now we got a split decision here, bringing it over to the tiebreaker. Leah, cast your vote. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. You're not getting my vote. Um, <laughs> so I actually sing that song a lot to my daughter in the bathtub because she likes to stand up in the bathtub a lot, so I always have to tell her to sit down because she's rocking the bathtub. Um, but that's really it for me in Guys and Dolls. Besides that song, I'm not interested at all. Um, for The King and I, and, you know, obviously it's got the getting to know you, which is, is to me the most iconic from there. Um, but I also love when the two main characters dance together. Um, I think it's in Shall We Dance. Um, but I just remember thinking like how sensual it was. Like it was sensual without actually being like sexy. It was real weird. Um, uh, I don't know. It's just I, that for some reason, like as a child watching it, that's what I remember is them dancing together. And I'm like, ooh. I wonder if they're going to get together. Um, the story in The King and I, I also think is a little bit more interesting um, because I think now as an adult, like I had no idea what was going on, the political backdrop of that show when I was little. But now as an adult, as I'm, you know, uh, rewatching things for this bracket, I'm super interested and I'm Googling the background information that would hopefully, you know, make me understand the importance of the story in The King and I more. And that's what I'm more invested in. So I think the story to The King and I is just a little bit more compelling. I, it's more memorable for me. I'm invested in it, so it's going to get my vote. And with that, no, I honestly did not think you were going that direction. <laughs> Sorry. Nice pull, nice pull. The King and I is going to move on to the round of 32. We're moving on to our next pick. We're going to kick this off with Steven. Steven, you've got a uh, potential 12-5 upset here. The five seat of the Music Man, the twelve seat of seventeen seventy six. Take us away. Yeah, and that was not only a potential five twelve matchup, but this is actually kind of a weird heart wrencher for me. Um, both of these plays are very near and dear to my heart. I, I love them both. I was brought up on them both. I can sing literally every song in both of them without missing a beat, and. I have a very different relationship with them, despite that. When I first saw 1776, I saw the movie version with Mr. Feeney. Um, there were songs that I liked, the upbeat songs, you know, the Leeds of Old Virginia, like that. And I didn't really like some of the other songs, like uh, Look Sharp or Molasses to Rum to Slaves. And as I grew up and matured, I started to really, really appreciate that in a way that I just could not as a kid. And so I kind of think of my musical learning and growth as being very associated with 1776. That, that being said, 
the music man is the goddamn music man. It, it's it's amazing. It's it's fun and fast paced, and you genuinely root for the con man the entire time, and you can understand why people fall for his spell. And it's got these great little twists in it, like the fact that the Professor Harrell's his song uh, "76 Trombones" and the female lead song "Goodnight My Someone." It's the same song. It's just 76 trombones is in a march. Goodnight, my someone is a waltz. You, you can literally sing them the other way. You can go, you know, 76 trombones led the big parade. But if you do it in the waltz, 76 trombones led the big parade. It's the same song. The, the two people that are struggling against each other are singing just the same song at a different tempo. And that's why they're destined to be together. And it's such a smart musical thing that you don't get in a lot of these early ones. Uh, it's a gut-wrencher. Well, I'm gonna. I have to go with Music Man. It's just a better overall musical. Even though I love 1776, and there's a lot of great music there. Oh, Stephen's letting his heart just kind of sink here. We're gonna bring it over to Leah. Yeah, I get it. The Music Man is fun. The music is so smart, and I think Hugh Jackman actually said that the show invented rap music, which is really funny, um, because of the fast-pacedness of the the lyrics and the music. Um, in fact, he actually rapped to the Music Man at the Tony Awards in 2014 when he brought LL Cool J and T.I. on stage to kind of rap um, the River City song. Um, and it was actually really weird, but Hugh Jackman's a little right. Um, not, I don't think that the Music Man invented rap music, but in in the in the in the i guess what he was talking about was how fast paced it is and how if you put the right beat to it it does sound like a rap song um there's a lot of quickness and intelligence to the lyrics just like in rap music that i think is really important for the songs in music band plus it's got all the trombones which every band geek really appreciates but i wasn't a band geek when i was in high school i was a history buff so i gravitated more to mr feeney mr feeney's performance in the film version of 1776 he is so good as John Adams. Um, my favorite scene in the whole show is when a bunch of the characters are discussing who should write the Declaration of Independence. It's so funny, and not just because they find ways to rhyme etiquette with Connecticut and mania with Pennsylvania. Um, it's a really funny scene. If you haven't seen it, find it on YouTube. It's really fun. Um, so I'm going to throw this over to Nikki. you got to decide this because I'm going to vote for 1776. Oh, another split vote. Nikki, break that tie. <sighs> I, I didn't want this one because... I, I really like both of these um, a lot. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I've, I kind of grew up more with the movie version, 1776. Um, I hadn't really, I don't, I don't know if I've ever actually seen it on stage, um, except for just like a high school version. Um, so I'd be interested to see how that would be different. The Music Man, I don't know, I, I've loved every version of that one, movies or on stage. I mean, I even liked, like, the Matthew Broderick ver- version on TV. Like, I still liked that one. Um, yeah, I got to go with The Music Man. I do think it's just the better musical. It's more memorable as far as just the... I think the songs just have more staying power, so I'm just going to rip off the Band-Aid, Music Man. Music Man picks up a tortured second vote, moving it along to the round of 32, and we bid adieu to 1776. We thank you for your freedom. We thank you for your bourbon. We thank you for your contributions to musical theater, but we are moving along. Leah, you're up next. You have got the four seed of My Fair Lady taking on the 13 seed of Bye Bye Birdie. 
I really don't care. <laughs> I don't care about either <laughs> of these shows. They are not ones that have ever spoken to me. Um, I know My Fair Lady has the better songs, in my opinion, um, even if you're just counting The Rain in Spain, which is so iconic and smart and the acting. I mean, I'm talking about, um, I don't know if they have multiple movie versions, but I'm I'm picturing the movie version myself. Um, and I think it's an important part of the show. Um, it get, gets referenced a lot in pop culture. I can still hear Stewie Griffin say, I think she's got it. I think she's got it. Since I know Seth MacFarlane is a big musical theater geek. Um, so I guess, I mean, because I don't really care. I'm just going to go for My Fair Lady because I think it's more iconic. My Fair Lady has one vote. Next pick goes to Nikki. I, I mean, I don't love My Fair Lady that much. I think it is a little overrated um, as far as musicals go. I don't love the story. Um, I mean, I love if I could dance all night. I mean, that's a great song, but the story, mm, I don't know, but I like Bye Bye Birdie. I think it's fun. I enjoy it. I love those songs. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie version with Anne Margaret too. I mean, she doesn't, you know, that character's not supposed to sing the opening like that, but I just love the way she sings. She has this little bye bye. I like it. So I'm going Bye Bye Birdie. Wow. Another one-to-one split. Steven, it's over to you. Who moves on to the round of 32? What the hell are we doing here? Seriously? Did I meet the only two people on the planet that don't like My Fair Lady? But let me remind you two of something. You know the great film The Birdcage? What's the one thing that those two families enjoy together equally? Singing My Fair Lady! (laughs) That's the one moment where they're all getting along. Because My Fair Lady is a great, great play it's brilliant it's fun it is an old boring story but it's so jazzed up and done so well and done so smartly it, it, it's goddamn loverly is what it is how can you not root for this I, I i don't know what i'm i i'm stealing myself for the next round when i actually have to make a hard choice between the music man and the obvious winner here my fair lady but for shame on both of you for now <laughs> for shame for shame. What is that from? I don't know. I was for thinking shame. for shame. It's from the music. It's from Hamilton. It's from Hamilton. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're moving right along here. Wait, so what? My Fair Lady won My Fair Lady won. Okay. Let the host do his job. Sorry. My <laughs> Fair Lady is moving along. We are moving on as well. Nikki, you're up. Oh, this is actually a tough one. The six seed Cabaret, the 11 seed South Pacific. I mean, I don't know. I like I like both of these. They're just so different. Um, well, South Pacific has some good tunes. Um, you know, wash that man right out of my hair. I always liked that one. Um, and oh gosh, what's that? What's the main song? The the ballad. Um, Valley High. Yes, yes. Um, but I don't know. I kind of remember a couple of the songs, but the story just doesn't really stick to me. Like the guy kind of, he falls in love with the Vietnamese girl. And then there's the other, um, you know, love story. It's just kind of scattered. I don't think it's super cohesive. I think the music is good. Um, now, but Cabaret also, I mean, story-wise, I mean, I, I it's got to be Cabaret. I mean, the songs are just more iconic. I, Cabaret, stop, stop over-talking. <laughs> Cabaret picks up her first vote. Steven, over to you. 
Yeah, this is the, if you're going to feel apathetic about one bracket, this is the game that it should be. Uh, Cabaret and South Pacific are all medium level music wise. Uh, you know, watch that man right out of hair. Um, two ladies or don't tell mama from Cabaret. Uh, they're both fine. Um, but yeah, it, it's been said South Pacific's just not a very cohesive. There's not any narrative thrust to it. It's just kind of meanders around. So Cabaret gets my vote. Well, Steven succinctly uh, brought up my feelings on the musical 42nd Street. But Cabaret picks up a second vote. Leah, do we have a sweep? Heck no. Here's my hot take. I think South Pacific is amazing. And it does not get enough love. So I'm going to give it my vote. And you guys are going to have to hear me talk about it a little bit more. Especially because it's not moving on. So compared to some of the other shows on this list, South, South Pacific's entire soundtrack from top to bottom is actually fantastic we got bloody mary is a girl i love we got there is nothing like a dame gonna wash that man right out of my hair these are just the fun songs but then you've got the romance we've got the younger than springtime which is fine um but some enchanted evening oh my gosh that's like one of the best like ballads in a broadway musical ever it's so good i was like all in on the relationship between nelly and emile she was just so cool like nelly was just like as soon as I saw her on screen, I was like, I want to be like her. She is this, like, dope, really cool, like, nurse chick. But she's, like, strong and confident, and I want her to get the man because I think she deserves it. Um, it gave me all the warm and fuzzies that a good romance should. Um, I don't want any of this to take away from how interesting and innovative Cabaret was, or is. Um, it's just important and iconic, and I want Cabaret to continue to live on in the Broadway world. Um, I just wanted to make sure that South Pacific got some love because it really did leave an impact on me when I saw it. So not so much the movie versions, though. You can skip those. Just watch the stage version. It's better. The stage version had the guy from Glee in it? Yeah, at one point, yes. What's his name? Matthew Morrison. Matthew Morrison, yeah. Okay. He played Lieutenant Cable, who we could just care less about. He's just horrible. He's like the downfall of the show. <laughs> we don't talk about him. We don't, just mm. like Bruno. We don't talk about him. Well, with that being said, South Pacific, we are washing away. Cabaret moves on to the round of 32. And we are moving on to your three versus 14 matchup. Steven, you're kicking us off here. The three seed, The Sound of Music. The 14 seed, Oliver. Knowing his propensity for loving Charles Dickens, I can't wait to hear what he has to say. So I've got an interesting question for you. Sound of Music, we all talk about it. It's Roger and Hammerstein. It's big for us. It's their, it's their crowning achievement. Um, how many original songs, not counting reprises, do you think happens in the Sound of Music after the act break? The answer is two. We only get, as an original song, Edelweiss, which we've kind of gotten a prelude of, and Climb Every Mountain. This thing, from a, like, score, is a mess. It's like they ran out of steam halfway through. Now, don't get me wrong, it's still the sound of music, and Charles Dickens is still pondering and laborious and annoying, there's only so many good songs that Oliver can go up. There are some good songs in it. You know, Consider Yourself, Part of the Family. That's There's some enjoyable parts. But Sound of the Music, I'm just patting my flag here. It is not anywhere near as good as its reputation. It gets my vote for now because it's against crap, but I'm going to be gunning for it in the future. 
Well, Steven's calling his shot here. Oliver's down 0-1. Leah, you're up. Yeah, what do you really need to know about Oliver? Please, sir, can I have some more? And the art for doll. Artful Dodger. That's pretty much it. If you get those two references are from Oliver, then you don't need to actually waste your time seeing the show. Read the book. It might be better. I don't know. Um, the sound of music is one that I grew up on. Um, I have identified with various characters from the show at various stages of my life. And if you're really thinking about the main character, Maria, she goes through a transformation with her character from start to finish. Um, and I know how important that is for so many of our listeners is to make sure that the characters go through that transformation and they really um, become a different person by the end than they were at the beginning of the show. Um, it does have some good songs. Um, if you want to hear more about it, you can kind of check out our best holiday song bracket and hear our hot take on why my favorite things is sometimes used as a holiday song, but it really shouldn't. Um, do re me, obviously, every kid knows the hills are alive. I mean, that's a terrifying thought, but everyone knows that scene when she's twirling around in the Alps. Uh, the Sound of Music is far superior, and it's going to get my vote. I personally prefer the spinoff of The Sound of Music, the horror movie spinoff, The Hills Have Eyes. <laughs> the Sound of Music picks up another vote. Nikki, do we have a sweep? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go for Sound of Music. I mean, like everybody said, all, I mean, Oliver has its moments. I mean, I think I actually think the first maybe 30 minutes of Oliver is enjoyable and the rest of it's just depressing. Um, so, yeah, Sound of Music. The Sound of Music has the sweep. That's only our second sweep of the evening, which is rare for a, a 64 seed bracket. But we're going to move along here. Just to tell you, this is, getting a little con- this is going to get a little contentious later on. Next up, we have got the seventh seed of Hello Dolly, the tenth seed of Oklahoma. Leah, Leah, you are kicking us off. Oh, come on. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Sorry with the fringe on top. There is a clear winner here, and it's Oklahoma. It has a decent story with really fun songs to sing along to. Hello Dolly has famous people who have acted in it at some point. I don't know. It's just not for me. I would see Oklahoma any day over Hello Dolly, so it's going to get my vote. Oklahoma picks up a quick and decisive first vote. Nikki, you're up. You know, I I kind of have to disagree. I'm not a big Oklahoma. I mean, it's fun. I like the music. But every time I see it, I just get a little bored of the story. Like, it just, it's not cohesive. And then you have that big ballet number in the middle of it. And I get very confused all the time. Like, why is there a big ballet number? Um, I mean, it's pretty to see, I guess. But. I'm always kind of ready for it to be over. Uh, I like Hello, Dolly. I think the character's good. Um, I like the music. You know, I would go with Hello, Dolly on this one. We have got a one-to-one tie. Oklahoma, Hello, Dolly. And God help us, Stephen, the choice is yours. It's kind of a tough one for me. Um, So Oklahoma, we need to acknowledge it is the birth of the modern musical. That's why we all enjoy musicals today is because Oklahoma exists. It's also why there's that weird ballet in the first act because it was still a transitional species. Um, Oklahoma's got a lot of good songs, but I feel it's another very front-loaded kind of musical. Like, by the time we're getting to, you know, the farmer and the plowman should be friends, I, I kind of see where everything's headed. There's not a lot of obstacles left. We're kind of twiddling our thumbs towards the end. Uh, hello dolly what do you mean it doesn't have fun songs you know i stand for motherhood america and a hot lunch for orphans out there there's a world outside of yonkers all these yes new york israelius barnaby and cornelius come on 
It's it's just fun. It's upbeat. It's wonderful. Hello Dolly is way more entertaining than Oklahoma is. Hello Dolly all the way. Well, with that, Oklahoma is moving along to the uh nope, 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 nope. nope. I I (laughs) really thought Stephen was going somewhere else there. I'm sorry. Hello Dolly is moving along. Oklahoma is back to being the forty seventh state. It doesn't matter. Oklahoma's done. Hugh Jackman couldn't even save Oklahoma. Say what you want about Wolverine, but he couldn't save Oklahoma. What the hell, Hugh? All right, we are moving along to our last pick of the evening. Nikki, you are kicking us off here. And to me, the hardest pick of the evening, by the way. The two seed is West Side Story. The 15th seed, How to Succeed in Business. Nikki, you're up. Yeah, this is a tough one because it, they're just so, I mean, again, it's totally different musicals. Like, I would have loved to see How to Succeed, you know, maybe replace something else. Because I like How to Succeed. I think it's fun. Um, but I will say, I just don't know if the songs are as memorable. I mean, like, you know, you have Rosemary and a few, but it they kind of blend. Um, West Side Story, I mean, it is kind of depressing i mean it's romeo and juliet so it's definitely dark um but come on i mean the music is really good and all the all the cool dancing i mean i have to pick west side story here i just think it's the better overall musical but i mean how to succeed in business is actually really good so if you haven't seen that one i would highly recommend it a west side story picks up its first vote next vote goes to steven yeah this is a knife in the back because how to succeed a business with the hourly trying is a great musical with, with great, great songs to it. it. It's one of those, I don't know why it's not bigger in the pop culture because it's, it's fantastic. It's, you know, it, it, I sing happy to keep his dinner warm all the time because I'm weird like that. <laughs> and I never sing songs from West side story. Um, mostly because they're too hard for me to sing, and it sounds awful when I hear myself. Um, I think the big difference for me is that I'm a person that's not super into dance numbers, and both of these plays have large dance sequences. Um, But I feel like they're more sort of just point-taffy and how to succeed with business. Like when Coffee Break or that thing before they're in the men's washroom comes on, I feel like I'm just kind of passing time until the story starts again, and I don't feel that quite as bad in West Side Story. So I'm going to give it just a slight edge. I'm going to give my vote to West Side. West Side Story picks up a second vote, a very slight second vote. Leah, do we have a sweep? Yeah, and I get it. West Side Story is, you know, just a contemporary for its time musical version of Romeo and Juliet. But I just think it's done so well. I love that New York plays an actual character in the show. Like, it's the setting is just incredible and such a big piece of the storyline is where it's set. And come on, the dancing and the choreography still blows my mind every time I've seen it. I've seen it on stage. I've seen the Natalie Wood version. I recently watched the new movie remake. Um, and even though the actors change, the music and the dancing is still what makes me overlook any other flaws in the story or the individual performances. So West Side Story has my heart and it has my vote. West Side Story has swept its way into the round of 32. 
I will say I maybe one of the few people, not few people because it was on for a little while, but I saw the the relaunch of How to Succeed in Business on Broadway, uh, not with Daniel Radcliffe, but with Darren Chris, and that show is actually amazing. It, it's got the dance break. It's a fun show, and it still holds up today. It's legitimately entertaining as hell. You will enjoy yourself if you go see it. But that brings us to the end of episode one. So just to recap here, as we move into the round of 32, which we'll pick up again here in episode number five, you're going to have the one seed Fiddler on the Roof against the nine seed of The King and I, the five seed The Music Man taking on the four seed My Fair Lady, the six seed Cabaret against the three seed Sound of Music, and the seven seed Hello Dolly against the two seed West Side Story. Only one technical upset? Really? And that was the King and I, a nine seed over an eight. All right. All right. Uh, You know what? That was actually pretty close, though. Hopefully you've enjoyed the show tonight. We'll be back next week, I believe, with the 80s and 90s. Is that right? Mm, Yeah, probably. 70s, 80s, 90s, somewhere around there. 70s and 80s, that's what it is. Thank you, Nikki. So next week we will be here with the 70s and the 80s version for the round of 64. But listen, if you're enjoying what we do here at Boozy Bracketology, a couple things you can do. One, uh, patreon.com slash PTEBB is your exclusive home for all of our bonus content. Not just the not just the Boozy Bracketology podcast, but our sister podcast, The Pub Trivia Experience. Bonus brackets, bonus trivia there throughout the month. In fact, we just wrapped up, if I'm not mistaken, we've had the for, for Boozy bonuses, we've had the best Coen Brothers movie. We've had the best cover of Brown Eyed Girl. We have had the best Nirvana song. We've had the best Stone Temple Pilot song, the best Kevin Smith movie. And we've got more bonus content coming on there relatively soon. Uh, If you can't afford help financially right now, I get it. It's tough out there. It's really tough out there for a lot of people. Uh, Do me a favor, a five-star rating, write us a review. That'd be absolutely awesome of you. Come and join us. Hang out with us on The Lounge. Fans of Pub Trivia Experience and Boozy Bracketology on Facebook. Tell us what we got wrong. Specifically, why is West Side Story a severely overrated musical? Hmm, I want to hear your takes. I hate that musical. I hate the movie versions. I hate the musical versions. I hate it all. I don't care about West Side Story. I'd rather watch Romeo and Juliet. Okay. Moving right along. Is that why you kept asking me, has Mercutio and Tybalt fought yet when I was watching the new version? (laughs) Can we call them Mercutio and Tybalt, please? I don't know what their names are, but I'm done. I'm done. No, I'm done. All right. Um, I promise as we get going a little bit further into this, your host's opinions are going to come out. He won't be able to hold himself accountable. But my opinions don't matter. Yours do. Ladies and gentlemen, for the Boozy Bracketology Podcast, I have been Chris. I've been Leah. Nikki. And I've been Steven. And we will see you next week as we journey into the 70s. Whoa.